This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Dr. Robert Lingle. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. It's great to be here. You betcha. Now, you said to refer to you as Bob. I just want to let everyone know your name right off the bat. Uh, we're excited to have you here chatting about a fable that people might recall, but you have a little twist on it. And uh, the place, of, uh, the name of your book is A Place for Tea, giving voice to the tortoise in our harebrained world. And boy, is it harebrained sometimes. Uh, we just go in circles. One one blessing thing that came about, I think, with the whole three years is a lot of people were put on pause to kind of slow down in this harebrained world and figure out what's next. But uh, what even brought you to write your book? Well, I, I, I mean, it goes way back from when I was in high school. I had I never fit into a box with my interests. Uh, I was very good at physics and math, so I have two degrees in engineering. I wanted to be an astronaut. Oh, cool. And so I came out of a, a, an environment where I had no use for the fine arts uh, and certainly not poetry or anything like that, the humanities. And it turns out I spent the rest of my life trying to regret that uh, mm. and, and try to unlearn my engineering a bit. But uh, the I when I went out into the world, I, I didn't fit in any boxes. You know, it's, 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 I was always interested in between box stuff. And I took an aptitude test when I was in high school that had me as a philosopher, uh, a scientist, mathematician, or believe it or not, of course, you didn't know me in those days, but it would be very surprising, a minister. Mm. Uh, so I had aptitude in these areas, and the other two I ignored, and I went with the math and the physics. Went out into the corporate world doing that, 
and started to realize how limited my education was. And I started to, uh, I have what I call spiritual claustrophobia. Hmm. I want to live, I want to live, I, I have physical claustrophobia too, but that's another story. <laughs> but, the, but the spiritual stuff is whenever I feel my spirit is being dampened, mm-hmm. I panic and I move. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you look at my background, we went from engineering to industrial sales to Wall Street, mm-hmm. uh, winding up in an environmental think tank and eventually in a, of all places, a business school. Uh <laughs> which is where I spend my last 32 years uh, as a tenured faculty member at the University of Texas at San Antonio. Mm. So uh, I saw one of your previous podcasts once where they were talking about this, the fear of success. I had that. Mm. Uh, and it was related to my spiritual claustrophobia. Whenever I felt like I got to the point where I couldn't do anymore, mm. and often that was a point of success, I would leave it and move on mm. to something else to search for it. And so I started to become aware of uh, actually with the COVID shutdown, I sat mm-hmm. in my office when all my consulting closed down because it was all face to face. And I started to uh, write essays every day into a Facebook group I had with my previous book. And by the time I had finished that, I had over 400 pages of essays and I figured, well, maybe this will be a book. Mm. And uh, so I, uh, I thought I could just add them together and then just write a forward and it would be done, but never works that way. I had to throw it all away and start over. Yeah. But the 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 book is about, uh, I use the tortoise and the hare fable because the original fable had the, the slow and steady tortoise winning the race against the fast and clever hare. Yeah. And from what I've seen in the world, sitting here watching the news during the shutdown, Thinking about all the consulting I've done over the years, what I see in business, there was a something deeper going on that I wanted to get my hands around, and that's where the book originated. Uh, we we have I recast the uh, fable to be to give the tortoise the uh, carries the flame of our spirit and our humanity, mm-hmm. and it moves at an emotional relational speed, mm-hmm. and the harebrained thinking stands for our head and intellect which is the way we've learned how to think and process information and move. And the two parts of us, they're only about 10 inches apart, but they're not communicating anymore. And so what I saw in the national front, for example, was a uh, hatred in our culture, mm. uh, vitriol in our conversations, inability to work together in Congress. Mm. And I saw it in my neighborhood and I saw it in organizations when they were arguing over major change in strategic issues and leadership development. So it doesn't matter where we were. There's yeah. something fundamental about our humanity that we're losing in the speed with which our harebrained drives us. Now, can I can I uh, go deeper in that? So is it basically that the emotional and the intellect are not combining together? Because often when I hear kind of, dissonance it, it's kind of like Rah! and and it's kind of like raw emotion but no thinking behind it it's kind of like one or the other is it not melding is that's what is that what uh, is happening they're in two different places now the uh the harebrained thinking which by the way underlies all of education mm. not only my engineering training but we're seeing k through 12 that we're standing outside people giving them information and then we're giving them technology, which is really scary. If you've been watching the news lately, 
because we've learned how to go faster than we can with just our minds with technology. We've gone to a place where technology augmented what humans did, you know, automation with our hands, uh, computers with our calculations, but with artificial intelligence now coming on as a, uh, it's not augmentation anymore. It's potential replacement where the machines will actually be their own species. And that's not hyperbole at all anymore. So what I see, the hare and the tortoise are racing, but they're two different races and they don't have places to talk to each other. Wow. Uh, So uh, it's uh, a lot of my book is about the importance of place that we don't have places anymore where the tortoise and the hare can talk. Can I go deeper? Um, So I'm getting from you, I'm guessing you're talking about AI. And the explosion of AI on the scene. Is that is that what you're referring to? Yeah. So when you say there's not a place for the tortoise and the hare to meet, is that all people's coming together and seeing things from all different perspectives? How does AI fit in that? Is it a bad idea to have AI or is it should we use it differently? What's your perspective? Well, AI is just completely scary right now. But I think the underlying issue to that is are we going to still have a species? Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 I know I saw some of your background that you had a dream that you didn't start in that place, but you moved to another place to realize that dream. I, I was searching for that all my life. I see a lot of people out there who have, who don't have dreams, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's been completely drowned out. And it, the tortoise and the hare dynamic is kind of interesting because the tortoise, it stands for the spirit mm-hmm. and the spirit is involves being together in a trusting relationship, being respected and respecting, being vulnerable to each other, uh, living in a field of compassion and love and caring, being safe. These are all qualities we want when we want to talk to each other. But what what the harebrained thinking, what the hair does is it feeds on the spirit to digest it in different places. For example, uh, the spirit of trust, which is seems to be totally gone today's culture. Mm. The hair brain creates contracts. <laughs> and we live in contracts and not a trust spirit disappears. Morality is the same way. We write laws for the hair. And we live with the letter of the law, but morality seems to have lost its place. Mm. We live in a condensed world too, which doesn't leave much space for us to breathe as human beings anymore. For example, I have students, when you give them an assignment to read a book, they don't read the book. They get the Google summary of the cliff notes. Mm. So it's a condensed version. They don't realize that between the cliff notes and the whole book, there's a lot that's getting missed. And And an experience to be had with experiencing that literature as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, it's, it's, I, I love people as soon as I have, uh, I think you'll get an idea that it takes me a long time to talk about some of the things I want to talk about, but everybody wants my elevator speech. So the presentation gets reduced. Tell me in 10 words. If you can't tell me in 10 words, that's, you know, people tell me to make it shorter. If you think more, you'll make it shorter. No, I think, I think if you think more, you can make it longer. Yeah. So whenever we're dealing with change and growth and the things that are involved with the spirit of being human and finding your own place in life, mm-hmm. we need more time. We need more when we write our ideas down, uh, not less. So the condensed world of tweets and texts <laughs> and things, uh, we never write whole thoughts down anymore. That's and we don't, we don't think that's important. 
So when place comes into this, if uh, you and I and seven of our colleagues in a business mm-hmm. are sitting in a conference room around a, a modern technology that's designed to empower the hair with speed and graphics and Excel spreadsheets and all the things that go along with it, every one of those things was created by man's ego and mm-hmm. intellect. And it creates a context where we stay in our condensed place in a role. If I take those same people and put them around a campfire by a beautiful lake, the conversation can be very different. Oh, vastly different. So yeah. is what I'm getting from you is the the way to kind of revise this so we're not living without trust and we're not just living inside of contracts and laws that, you know, sometimes are followed, sometimes are not, because I don't think morality can be lawified. Like I don't think you can make laws to make people stay and, and be moral. Do the way to get back to that world is really to kind of get away from technology? What, what what's your take on that? No, it's it's it, there are some some meetings, some ways we get together where we're trying to coordinate what we're already doing. We ought to meet the way we're meeting. But look at the challenges businesses are facing with change and dealing with culture transformation and things like that. You can find very few examples of successful efforts at doing that. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of assumptions that involve harebrained thinking to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you an extreme example, if you can play with me a bit. Okay. Uh, the uh, change is a significant thing that involves more than moving the furniture around in your organization. Mm-hmm. It involves the people becoming the change itself, if it's going to sustain. And what are the most critical points in human lives where there's change, there's possibility for relooking at things. I can tell you, uh, if you live through 9-11, the ceremonies after 9-11, when people were together with music and candles, not spreadsheets Mm. and not uh, PowerPoint presentations, there's a reason for that. That's a huge point of change. Mm-hmm. Or memorials like, you know, the Uvalde, Uvalde shooting, which was almost yeah. a year ago now. Yeah. Uh, when people get together to relook at their lives and reach a point of change, mm-hmm. they come together around candlelight and they come together around music and poetry, not around the things we see in the conference room. Wow. And so, go ahead. Am, am I getting from you, Bob, that we need to bring more of our humanity through the way of the arts and expression, whatever that might look like for you? Maybe it's, you know, working on cars or building a painting. Is it get, humans getting more to that, the expression of themselves? Yes, it's a it, I look at it as, uh, you know, I'm a, a big advocate of changing the education system substantially because there's one person missing in the classroom and that's the student. Yeah, everything is third person, teacher standing, giving information, information coming back, passing a test and moving on. But the involvement of the first person, uh, you as a unique human being trying to bring your gifts into the world, that's art. It's not technology. So I'm not saying, you know, technology can't be used, but we need to be in certain places able to talk as with the hair and the tortoise holding hands. And what's happened now is the race has been handicapped for the hair. And with the technology, the hair is way ahead in the race. It's going to win. And the tortoise is falling so far behind uh, that I think what we're seeing in the culture is a spiritual anemia. Mm. We've lost the spiritual connection to community and things like that because of the technology. 
And I don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. No, it's a little scary. And I, I love that you're working on um, changing the education system because often it's like we're just setting up students to be drones. It's like uh, what I liked and I heard about the um, Swedish, uh, I think it was Swedish or Denmark system is that it was experiential brought into the classroom. So it wasn't just a matter of stand in front of this board, speak to the student. They had yeah. teachers had to find a way to make the material experiential. And I find for me, when I, when I'm able to get it inside my bones, I remember the material a lot better. And it would be great if we could find ways to do more of that in all yeah. of the different academia. Yeah. Well, you talked about, uh, you know, my interest in the arts and humanities after being a very technical mathematical person in my early career, uh, because I started to have to deal in my consulting with people who didn't get along and had to. Mm -hmm. you know, I was never brought into a case where people were getting along. So it was always nasty environments. Mm. And how do we get through this? But there's something interesting about the arts as a language not just yeah. as painting or something else. Mm -hmm. But if you and I start to argue about gun control mm -hmm. uh, and you have a different position than I do, we'll burrow down mm -hmm. and actually get to a point where our relationship will be damaged. We actually won't like each other <laughs> after a while. And then we go and be with people we like. But if I show you a painting and you like it and I don't, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's a language that accepts diversity yeah basic nature and so what we do with people in meetings uh where we want to change like this we often use image and music yeah. as the first language where people can all share their differences without emotion and then we come back from that language to words eventually yeah so the book sets up uh what i call it it's training in divergent thinking mm. Urgent thinking is what happens when the tortoise gives the spirit to the hare and the hare eats the spirit and creates contracts. <laughs> and so there's no spirit left. Yeah. Uh, that's convergent thinking. Mm. Divergent thinking is going where we are now from the contracts back to the trust. Yeah. You know, how do we do that? And we're not going to do it with precise information and technology. Mm. We're going to have to do it sitting on the front porch, uh, staring at the night sky together. Yeah, because then we remember that we're truly not that different and that ultimately we want the same goals. I mean, yeah. when I sit down uh, with people with any subject, no matter what, how they agree or what they think about whether it's education or gun control, whatever, at the end of it, we want to be safe. We want to be happy and live our best lives. You know, Bob, I would love to go on much longer, but I don't want us to leave without everyone finding out how they can get a copy of your book, find out more about you. How can they do that? Okay, we have a website that's just been created. It's called A Place for Tea, and that's tea, the letter, not tea, the drink, uh, dot com. And uh, also can be reached on LinkedIn. So they're probably the two best ways to get to me. You can buy the book through our website or on Amazon. Well, well, this is going to be truly transformative. Informational, and I really hope that people give it a read and decide to go deeper than just read it. Uh, see how they can apply this and not just stay in a harebrained world of think, 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 contract, 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 but also how can we get back to our humanity, to the arts, and just expressing ourselves as full human beings. I thank you so much, Bob, for coming to Savvy yes. Broadcasting. Well, thank you for having me. You betcha. Bye.
Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.